0: Episode 155 of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. My name is Elisa, and today it is Wednesday, April the 12th, 2023. I just realized my birthday is in exactly one month, May the 12th. Woo! Yeah, spring babies. <laughs> today, oh my gosh, we've got such a good episode, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for the first time ever. And by popular demand, I think I've received literally over like 100 requests for us to record a show together. I sat down with the infamous Michael Spies, yes, my lover, my partner in crime, the love of my life, for a little inside scoop, little sneak peek on the dynamics of our relationship, how we met, how we keep things going, fresh, balanced, respectful, and a whole lot more. Michael, what a guy, for the most part, is a very private man, all right? He's quiet. He's introspective, and yet he's also manly and strong and risky. He takes risks. I mean, the guy races motorcycles in the fastest group with professional drivers. He embraces his masculine qualities. He's really like a man's man, all right? While balancing a particularly kind and and powerful way of moving through the world. Since I first met him... He has been on a personal growth healing journey that has been so inspiring and maybe that's in some ways why exactly why we were brought together in the first place, but he is shifting the lens from which he sees the world and it's allowing him to step into his worth in new ways his confidence in new ways and enjoy life. He's been enjoying life. The The look on his face when he wakes up in the morning, when he comes home at night, he's feeling connected to his purpose and his relationship and to the earth, which is super unique. I have strong admiration for him as he does his internal work. For the most part, I, I know a lot of listeners here are female and they are doing this type of work women are, are you know this is more feminine energy work and and we're more inclined to do that so it's really nice to see him embracing this and un- unraveling the layers of his conditioned mind with curiosity and compassion in this episode we're gonna deep dive into our relationship yep how we met how and when he broke up with me in the early stages of our relationship yes we talk about the breakup how his past relationships have shaped his perspectives today, his views on personal growth, how uh, the three years of the COVID pandemic affected his life. And he shares some personal stories, including his revelations and healing from our psilocybin journey together last September. It's pretty cool what he went through. It's very different from my story. So I love this man. I have a feeling you're going to love him too. And although this is a small sneak peek into our relationship, I know you will resonate with his message and learn from his journey and his insights and non-judgmental demeanor. So without further ado, here is Michael Spies. This is going to be fun. Hi, Michael. You're sitting in front of me for the first time on the podcast. (laughs) Don't worry, we're not doing video. (laughs) Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. <laughs> Weird.
0: <laughs> it's so funny you're just sitting there laughing. Yeah. So, um, it's taken me almost 4 years to have you chat on the show. How do you feel?
1: Uh, well, I held out as long as I could. So, you know, <laughs> I feel pretty good. Um, I guess today was my day.
0: I don't know. We get a lot of requests, to be honest. For what? For us to chat. People really? want to know. Yes.
1: Oh. I like didn't know
0: that. a ton. And they like us on Instagram and they're like, tell us more about Michael.
1: Okay. Interesting. Cool. Well, what do you want to know?
0: I think it's because we have like (laughs) an interesting relationship. Yeah. In the sense that, you know, we were both sort of, we've, we've both been on our own journeys. Would you agree? Yeah. And we've come together and I would say we have a pretty freaking healthy relationship and also... It's not like sunshine's lollipop all the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No relationship is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think people are just curious about it.
1: Cool. Yeah. Well, do you have some specific questions we can get into? Or what do you think the listeners want to (laughs) know?
0: That's a good question. Well, people have asked sort of like how we met and how do you make things work and, you know... We do some interesting things, like the questions before bed. We haven't done those in a while, to be honest. But I think we should tell the story about how we met, because we both had very different ideas about each other. I met you. Should I tell the story about Peter? Yeah, probably. Sure, yeah. Okay. So I met Michael through his twin brother, Peter. I think I've told the story on the podcast before. (laughs) It's kind of interesting, and people kind of made fun of Michael for a little while, and me. Because I actually went on a date with Peter and it was a great date. I really liked him. We had a lot of fun, no funny business or anything like that. But I really connected with him. But our goals and our life goals and and everything didn't really line up. So we just decided to be friends and we were actually, we became friends and we did things together outside of like dating. And we did a bunch of like free fitness stuff And one day. He's like, I'm going to bring my Mike, or my Michael, my brother, Michael to November project. Remember that?
1: Yep. And it was my first one,
0: that was your first one.
1: No, I'm pretty sure it was my first one.
0: Oh, well, uh,
1: it it may have been my second or third, but I'm pretty sure it was my first one.
0: Okay. So it was like a 630 AM yeah. morning workout outside. And he was like, this is my brother, Michael. And I like turned around and like, I heard like angels singing like, huh. And it was like, honestly, like, I was like, you're my person.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and my reaction was, oh, cool. Person wearing <laughs> a, a flat brimmed hat. <laughs> <laughs> cool.
0: Oh my gosh. And then, I don't know. I got your number. I slid into your DMs and the rest is history
1: exactly <laughs> yeah that was an interesting one for sure um I still remember that was by Lansdowne. we're just running back and forth doing like a pyramid of sprints and like push-ups and everything so early in the morning oh didn't we get bagels after two
0: i think so and but- no you
1: paid for our bagels and my dad i think my no my dad wasn't there that time peter and i were we didn't have our wallet and we oh, like yeah. i didn't know you but i'm like peter I want a bagel. He's like, I don't have money. I'm like, I don't have money either. So then we asked you and you paid for our, our, our bagel. I think we paid you back for that. But yeah.
0: <laughs> we definitely hit the bagel shop more than once because we did that like a lot. We went like yeah. a lot of weekends, yeah. a lot of weeks. It's it every fun. Wednesday. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. Then... We kind of like took it really slow, though, at the beginning. I mean, I was single for three years before I met you. Yeah. And you were like three months out of a five-year relationship.
1: Yes. Yeah. With a lot of baggage there still.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of just took it really slow and did our own thing and yeah. really got to know each other in this really cool way you know
1: yeah we just went on a couple dates didn't see each other too much chatted through through text kind of I would assume standard but I don't date that much so <laughs> no well
0: yeah I, I hear you like it, I don't think it is standard yeah, I think a lot of people just like when they have a connection, they try and spend all their time together. And it's like this lusty, crazy first love. Like we didn't, we didn't really have, Like we had some really epic dates, but then we wouldn't see each other for a week, you know? And we went back to our lives and then we, you know, slowly but surely started to come together a little bit more. Yep. And then I'm going to tell this story because after I, I fell in love I fell in love with you at first sight at first sight but coming into Christmas it was December um you dumped me
1: yes I did <laughs> <laughs> yeah driving you back from my place
0: yeah you dumped me in the car which yeah. is the worst place ever did you regret that uh... not the dumping part but like the dumping in the car part. Where you were stuck driving in silence, where it I wasn't couldn't
1: that long. It was.
0: It was the entire four seventeen.
1: Was it? Yes, I mean, maybe.
0: You dumped me on the four sixteen.
1: Ah, maybe, maybe <laughs> like on my part, slight, slight miscalculation on timing. <laughs> but uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> like that was a pretty awkward silence for a while.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was. I try not to think back to that moment.
0: <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> we're past me. that. Yeah. Yeah. We are, but I think it's an, it's a big turning point. It was a big point in our journey together.
1: Yes, it was. Yeah.
0: Because, like, I was heartbroken. I think you were.
1: Yeah, I was. Yeah.
0: So why'd you break up with
1: me? I don't know. I guess uh, things were going fast all of a sudden. And as you previously mentioned, like, yes, it was Christmas time then. And so, in, I don't know, eight months or nine or nine or ten months since my other relationship had ended. But never really been single hmm and then I was just questioning like do I want am I ready for a big commitment right now or not so thinking through that and I was having a hard time like I enjoyed my time with you but at the same time I was like do I do I want to be single for a bit and just search inside because mm-hmm. I I'd gone through a five-year relationship before that you know less than a year before I think it was less than a year before a previous five-year relationship. So a lot of five-year relationships, you know, I'm on a, <laughs> uh, I'm on a trend there. So, so we don't have, we don't have long before we're at five years. So keep that in mind. But um, yeah, so that was an interesting time in my life where I just, I felt like I needed to be alone for a bit and, uh, and kind of find myself. I was reading some books at the time and some books on relationships and just yourself really Mo- yeah. not relationships really, but more the, yes, they talked about relationships, mostly focusing on yourself and the type of person you are and what you needed on your, in your life for yourself to be better. Cause I didn't want to rely on someone else. I've never really relied on someone very much. Um, like I rely on you for lots of things, but like generally for my own enjoyment, I generally like to go and do things for myself. Yeah. I don't need someone to go and have a good time or to do things that I want to do. Uh, I like having people around. I like doing things with people, but I can do it myself. So it's just an interesting time in my life.
0: I definitely would say that you are not a codependent partner. Mm -hmm. You have more of a secure attachment style. Now, sure, sometimes when life gets hard, you might swing to anxious or Mm -hmm. what's the other one? anxious attachment and
1: uh, oh, i'm trying to remember secure anxious and
0: people that are listening that know they're screaming there there their are, right are books
1: on this and one of the books <laughs> yeah. i was reading was on that topic and yes i identify as more of the secure type person in a relationship
0: i would definitely say so, that so as a man in his 30s who decided to turn inward, what was the motivation for that? Like, had you ever done anything like that before?
1: No, never. <laughs> yeah. Um, Because basically, because I'd had those relationships back to back, like I started dating later in life, but I up until the point I was dating, I was just, I wanted to date someone and then finally started dating. And then my effort was kind of into that, but I never then took the time for myself to kind of look at me and what i want out of life and i just went from one thing to another and wasn't really planning in the future too much and time's kind of slipping away you know so like turning 37 next week so yeah it's um time flies and you know through the breakup that i'd had just before i started looking more into things and it was kind of opening my eyes to different perspectives on things so I just felt like, again, I needed to explore that aspect of myself to see who I am by myself to make sure that I'm making choices for the right reasons and not just to not be alone. So Yeah,
0: independent of yeah. what anyone else thought. I thought exactly. that was really, really unique or interesting because I had seen women do those, mm-hmm. make those types of decisions. I had just gone through three years of making that decision of really soul searching, not dating And figuring out what I actually want, because I had no idea. I pretended to know, you know, but like the reality was, is that there was a huge part of me that felt lost and confused and not grounded and not really like clear on the vision I wanted in life. And I always commended you for that because you kind of sort of, you had a path You're on a path and you, and you go for things and you have goals and you have timelines and achievements. And these are things that I used to have as an athlete, but ever since I retired, I like kind of made the goal setting and the timelines for other people, not really for myself. Mm -hmm. So I find it, I found it really interesting. Like even like your financial plans and your, when you wanted to get the promotion at work and, and when you wanted to get married and have a house and have kids and like things like that, which sure, we all sort of have a loose plan for that, but you were, you're quite calculated in your decision-making like that in comparison to other partners that I've had.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, I think it really stems to the point where I was looking at other people and you should never really compare yourself to other people, but I was just seeing how a lot of people show one side of themselves, but when you really get to know them, they're nothing like that or whatnot. And so the whole um trying to find what I wanted out of life, because a lot of times you you try so hard to get to a point in your life where you've been striving for something, but when you actually get there, you realize I don't actually want that. Mm. Right? So uh a lot of the things that I thought I wanted, I didn't really want or need right so it's constantly reevaluating that like what do I actually want that that you know learning and growing from that achieving things that are smaller and my what I want to achieve has grown over the years
0: <laughs> sure uh
1: but in terms of relationship and relationships obviously change as well what you want in a relationship but uh you know knowing what I want is kind of evolved over time and it's it's taken a lot of different uh people in my life and past relationships have taught me a lot obviously uh and they do um but yeah it's an interesting path on where I'm going and you know I'm very happy right now so yeah you're a good compliment I think to to my style
0: (laughs) thanks honey I think you're a good compliment to my style
1: too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I uh It's really interesting. I was doing a lot of work with Mark Groves at the time. I think you were getting into his work as well. He had just come on the pod. I told him that we had broken up and he kind of helped me through some things. And one of the things that had happened with him at a very similar time was him and his now fiance, uh, baby mama, or I don't know if they're engaged, but um, they're definitely having a kid together. They had broken up as well. So he was going through a very similar thing that I was going through, like, and when they got back together he didn't call it getting back together it was it wasn't going back it was moving forward together so they had chosen to come together and move forward instead of like oh you're you're back with Michael and i'm like actually i'm forward with him like <laughs> i didn't feel like i felt like when we when we did eventually decide to commit to the relationship that there was there was no turning back. Like I had forgiven you very quickly. Like there was we had left the past in the past. We learned, we both had grown up a bit. We both went on like epic trips. You were in Thailand, I was in Bali. Um, but at what point did you want to return to the relationship?
1: Um, I think well, I think it was during my time in Thailand actually. I was having you know a great time out there. Doing all the things, going to all the parties, like full moon party, seeing Northern Thailand. Yeah, you islands. did
0: the craziest stuff there. I was like, oh my God, yeah. this guy.
1: It was a whirlwind The time. full
0: moon party looked crazy.
1: Yeah, and the jungle experience, a whole bunch of things. But it was like two days at a time I'm on the move and I like seeing other places I'm more of a speed traveler myself, which is what we did because we were moving every two or three days to a different place. I like scuba diving, so I tried to scuba dive down there, but it was fun. It was tiring, but seeing all the the young people there just partying all the time and what and whatnot, I'm just like, I can do this for a short amount of time, but this is not me. This is not the kind of uh, person I am. So yeah, it was fun, but I kind of just missed hanging out with you, you know, just the two of us. You know, going on hikes, things like that. Uh, instead, I'm just all the time surrounded by loud music, which I, I love loud music in the garage here, but uh, just the people all around and kind of just uh, the expectation of of uh, of being part of the party, et cetera. So, um, yeah, it was just during that time. And you were Bali in that time. I was following your stories. We were chatting a bit and just, you know, really missed you. So it was, uh, I think during that time, then we came back and we didn't get to back together anyway. We, we were talking and, mm-hmm. well, you were still gone for a little bit, uh, when I got back. Cause I think we were both gone for about a week and a half. I was gone for three weeks and you left like a week and a half after I did. Yeah, and then so you were gone for a away. month. So you yeah. were still gone for like a month. And I think yeah. when you got back, we started chatting again and hanging out again, slowly. Um,
0: and then the world shut down. Like yeah. two, two weeks after yeah. I got back. It was like March 15th. Oh, that's
1: true. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. I remember you were in the Hong Kong airport and was dead. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I was scared. Yeah. I was like the most scared person yeah. ever that I was going to die Yeah. and bring COVID home on the, on the flight. And yeah. I was wearing like a mask with like a shield on it.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> ah! Oh my gosh. So I'm happy that you're happy. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I don't think that there's like a magic recipe for any relationship to work. However, I believe that one of the key factors that makes our relationship work is our ability to be independent within the relationship and come together. I very much enjoy recharging on my own and I think you do too. So we have our little like routines at home, independent of one another.
1: Well, that, yeah, that's key for me. Um, cause especially when a schedules change, most of the time our schedules are pretty set. But if you need to go all of a sudden and say, I need to go tonight and change the plans and go, cause you forgot you had an appointment or go do some work or see a friend or vice versa. If I just all of a sudden want to go over to the neighbor's house uh, to help him with something or go see a friend there's no issue there. Like we'll, we'll, we'll accommodate each other and we'll just make that another night. Whereas mm-hmm. in in other relationships, it's it's been an issue last minute switches like that. Um, and it's just an understanding that you're not trying to hurt e- the other person by canceling on them last minute. It's that something else came up or you forgot about something. And, and that's big for me in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Just being open and honest with your partner and not have to worry about getting into a fight because something happened, mm-hmm. right? Um. So, so that 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 was that's huge for me mm-hmm. personally. Um, having been in many different styles of relationships, but some that are are a lot more uh, high high strung, or I don't know if that's the the right terminology, but uh, some that are uh, will can get set off like like a spark all of a sudden, uh, and you just get into a massive fight just because. The, ch- the plan is changing, right? So uh, that, that's huge for me.
0: We have definitely had some fights.
1: Oh, yeah. Everyone has fights. But we've,
0: we've had some big fights and some big talks.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Some like... Like the kind of talks well, that like... Well, sometimes it
1: takes me a while to explain to you how I'm right. So... <laughs> <clears throat> that's not always an easy thing to do. You're not sometimes very accepting. But I understand that it can take a couple arguments for you to realize that so it's okay
0: that's okay yeah no big deal no No biggie yeah i don't know though like i would say that we don't fight very much
1: yeah, I would agree.
0: Like it's, and, and that's not a badge of honor, no. but it's a result of communicating and trusting and,
1: and having your space and having you your space. It. It's we're both the type of people that need our space. And if I tell you during the day, well, with the whole work from home thing, I have, a, I have a separate office. I, I'm in one yeah. bedroom. She's in, in another bedroom that we're in now. Um, but if I close my door and she comes in and I just say, I'm on a meeting you know, it's fine. She leaves me alone. Or if I just say I need some time or whatnot, you give it to me, right? At any point in the day, I can be in the garage or whatnot. You give me that space. So.
0: And you're the same with me. However, I've had a really hard few years, like COVID really stuck a thorn in my side. Um, And if you're a listener, uh, if you listen often to the show, you probably know why. Um, (laughs) But how was it for you the last three years, like with the added layer of, of all of that?
1: Uh I'm I would say different from most people because this has been the best time of my life. <laughs> Honest You're to tell God. Us, tell like, us. I, I I work uh as an engineer with the government, so my my job's been stable. Um, so to all of you that don't have stable jobs throughout this, I feel for you. Um so and you know Lisa's situation probably as from her podcasting. So we had our own stresses there, but personally my, my job seemed secure. Um, the, so the money was always coming in. I was, I, I li- my, the, our house here is out in the country. Uh, I moved out here to get away from people. So not having to go, and I was working downtown at the time. So having to tra- uh, commute downtown, I, I'd be away from the house 12 hours a day. Cause I'd leave early to go to the gym to avoid traffic. And then I'd come home and I'd be stuck in traffic. So sometimes it could be three hours a day on the road. Yeah having to pay for parking and all this. Whereas all of a sudden I'm at home five days a week. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It was a dream come true because I love working out in the garage. I love working on projects, love working with my hands. However, when you're spending three hours on the road, you don't, you don't, you, when you get home, it's very hard to motivate yourself to do something. So I would then for the most part, limit that to the weekend. Whereas yeah. when I could sign on at 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning and not have an alarm wake me up, <laughs> still get up at, at, you know, 6.30, do a, do a bit of a workout and sign on at eight, finish at four and then be able to walk into the garage rather than walk to a car. Yeah. I could literally be working on a project before I would have even been at my car at the parking spot to get home. So that gave me a lot of time to work on home projects. I got a lot done in the, gra- in the garage. So I got a lot of self-satisfaction self-satisf- about uh, from accomplishing those tasks. And for me, that's how I relieve a lot of my stress. I, I work with my hands. I also watch a lot of Netflix. That helps. But for <laughs> me, if I just watch Netflix, I get antsy. I like to move around. I like to do things. Yeah. Um, so that really helped for me.
0: And you're very creative out there. When he's talking about going to the garage, so we have a big three car garage, and he constantly has different projects. I mean, we did build a deck also together. Yeah. Um, and we didn't even like kill each other doing that.
1: Oh well, I almost killed my dad. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I love the fact that you're super handy. I am attracted to men who know how to fix, like build a house. I think you could just build a house. I never thought I would end up with one. Like honestly, every single boyfriend I've ever had, including my ex-husband, not handy at all. And so I started to learn how to do, I had to learn how to do things. Yeah. You
1: have a set of tools.
0: Yeah. That
1: you'd never use. I don't even know where
0: it is. Is It's in the closet behind you. They're pink.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I have a much bigger set of tools. Yeah. You have
0: 10,000 tools, like the most tools (laughs) out of anyone I know. But yeah, I had to like learn how to do it. And I, I know a lot of women, a lot of women that I'm good friends with that are in the same boat, like just crushing it. It's funny because I've been so, I, I'm very attracted to like manly men, big, strong guys, guys that are bigger than me, that can pick me up and that can do things that are smart, that are funny, like all of the things that you are and you're handy. So it's like, a relationship, too, that I never have to worry about anything. It's really interesting because the second something goes wrong, you're the type of person that has no idea how to fix it. And then you figure it out.
1: Well, I have to give some credit to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. YouTube has taught me a lot. But yes, a lot of the skills are transferable from one project to another, whether it's a car, uh tire machine or you know a computer or something a lot a lot of the hardware aspects are very transferable yeah but you know how to do electrical
0: work and plumbing and and then you can fix my car you've you've literally taken my entire exhaust system and replaced it you've done like wheel bearings you've done you've like literally saved me thousands of dollars on my car that's why i drive a 15 year old car <laughs> in <laughs> yeah, great but, shape. <laughs> but that,
1: that stems from my childhood though. And you know, my dad, who, who's also very good and handy at fixing things, fixing everything rather than getting new. I don't think he's ever owned a new car in his life. And, uh, at like at a party once it, it describes him perfectly. And pretty much myself is he's like, oh yeah, you'll have a 2015 in 2035 (laughs) because he just he never gets anything new and like and right now he's retired he's in thailand right now and we we share a truck and trucks are getting very expensive granted but in it's a 2005 and instead of you know maybe getting a 10 year newer one that's in better shape he's like Let's fix it. So we bought all this metal and he's going to spend his summer (laughs) cutting, grinding, welding, and then I'm going to have to help him with all that and and finish it off and do a paint job on it. Um, It's a great truck, but is it worth all the time that we're going to invest into it? Uh, You know, we'll see. Time will tell because everything takes twice as long at a minimum Than what you expect it to take. So it's... uh, And that's why I think I
0: commend you. Because like I like to get stuff done. I like to get stuff done right away. I don't want to... Like a lot of it is... It makes me feel stupid when I don't know how to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But your mind... you Like you have so much patience in figuring something out. It takes a lot of patience.
1: Well, I I also sometimes start getting overwhelmed. And you got to... And this is something that I've learned from work as well though, because I have done project management. And you just gotta look, yeah, you have an overall project, but you can't just look at the the end all the time. Right, You gotta get process. there, it's gotta be there. It's gotta be up as the in the clouds there, but don't look at that. Look at what do you gotta do this week or, or this day, or even the next hour and bite it into bite-sized chunks. You always have to kind of refer back to that overall plan because you need parts for instance a lot of my stuff I need parts so and a lot of parts will take two or three months to get here because they don't make them as much anymore or their own back order so you really got to know where you're going um to make sure you get everything in time but that's that's very standard in a building industry and and in the trades which is something that for a hobby I like to do as you mentioned I do plumbing and electrical and and then I work on motorcycles and bikes. So I've learned it throughout the years as well as then complemented with my, my project work at, at work for, for my occupation. So uh, yeah, but yeah, you do still think about it and you get overwhelmed. And you just got to take a step back and think about it in a small chunk. So that's what, how I get through life.
0: <laughs> what you just said there is kind of exactly the planned structure of a lot of emotional development as well. Mm -hmm. and mental development like this is like physically working on things you focus on the process as opposed to the outcome but if you actually like want to build anything emotionally or mentally within you it's the same thing like as you're talking i'm like yeah that's exactly what i teach that's exactly what i do on the inside yeah and when it comes to i just don't have the mechanics the mechanical mind to get through it which is fine yeah you know, yeah. it'd be like you becoming a fine dining chef overnight. Well,
1: or a connoisseur of clothing. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> I'll stick in my sweatpants here.
0: Um, earlier you said that you like to go out to the garage and complete tasks. I think I just wanted to return to that because i it's one of the things I love about you is your confidence. And the way I teach confidence. The way I like to look at confidence rather is that it's not your perception. Like, it's not how you're perceived by people. It's not walking in the room tall and necessarily. Confidence really the backbone is in accomplishing tasks, in learning who you are and trusting that you can get it done, that you can move through life and accomplish tasks. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. No, that sounds... Sounds great. Uh, though, I have to say, back in my 20s, I don't think that's the type of confidence people are looking for at the bar. <laughs> but yes, I think in general, uh, that is the confidence that most people are looking for and, and don't even realize it. Um, because
0: once you started to tick the boxes, yeah. you're like, wow, I am, I am in control of my life here. Yeah, And that is... That is the backbone to confidence. Yeah,
1: there's there's not a lot of things that if I look at, I think I couldn't do.
0: Absolutely. There are things
1: I choose not to do myself based on time. Um mostly based on time because I I hate paying people to do stuff. Yeah. Um but yeah, most things I just enjoy the process of figuring out how to do it myself. Um it's just that type of brain I have. So
0: And you build so much trust in yourself going through those motions. Like it is an incredible thing to watch you checking off the boxes in your life. It inspires me. I know you say the same thing about me, like how I wake up and get to work right away.
1: Oh, well, you're, you're. A little crazy, I would say. She gets up and she just starts doing dishes and stuff. I can't do that. I get up, I gotta sit on my ass for a few minutes and wake up for some coffee. <laughs> so we, we do have a little, we we work a little differently there. But then again, I can also work on a car till 1 a.m. if I need to, to get it done. And you're like, I'm going to bed at 9. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is true. I will not so, sacrifice yeah. sleep for nothing.
1: So yeah, we're a little different in, in that respect. But we, we have our ways of getting things done.
0: I think it's important. It is. Um. Okay. I also have to say that like you think I'm crazy. I know this. And I think I bring a perspective to the relationship that you have been attracting in your life in some way, shape or form. Like you've been looking to have some personal growth. You've been looking to sort of make sense of your life and of the world and your thoughts and your beliefs and all of that stuff. And what I love about you is you challenge me often in my belief systems in a respectful way. Like sometimes you yell at me, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I would say in general, it is, a, you, you do keep me grounded when I start to fly away and, um, but you're always curious. You have a curiosity would you say you're curious? Like you never shut me down.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious for anything. I'll try anything once. It's basically kind of my motto. Um,
0: <laughs> but even like with narratives. So yeah. I'm unvaccinated. You're vaccinated, and yeah. you supported me. You were a rock through all of that when when the when the shit was hitting the fan. When people were treating me so terribly, mm-hmm. and our families were kind of feuding a little bit, and things got awkward. You. You were the, you were the tree and you were the tree that I could rest on. You were the rock that I could sit on.
1: Yeah. You know? I, yeah. Like I've, I've always been a good listener and I try not to judge people. So, and I'm also not a very good articulator. Um, so I just, all my like life, I've been more of a sponge and I just listen to people and their opinions and I don't generally voice too many of my own opinions on matters. Um, though though through that listening you really start to learn someone's perspective. Um and again, without the judging and just trying to listen to them, I may not agree with it, but I understand that, you know, it's it's their perspective on something. So sometimes then I though do bottle things up like with my dad or whatnot and, you know, we'll we'll be working on something a and we'll we'll start screaming at each other. But, um, I think that's more also because he does, he's not a very good communicator himself. Uh, he's, he's, his English is not his first language. So, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to have a rational conversation with someone who, who, uh, who has a temperament like my dad. Uh, but anyways, we get by, I love my dad. Um, but yeah, so just listening to people and, and throughout the years, it's uh, just really helped me just accept people for who they are and their own decisions. And I know not everybody has the same decisions on everything. And it's really like even politically, you know, I, I see on both sides of the spectrum. I there's pros and cons everywhere, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I've my my political thoughts have shifted in the in the last little while. But my main motivator is is, is fiscal responsibility. Um, but that's just personal as well. I, I like to have a control on my money, know where my finances are going. Um, so I am fiscally concerned with a lot of things in politics. Um, which which assuade things. i voted for both sides of the bench uh, throughout my my life. So it's uh, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. What, an example of <laughs> I'll try anything once. <laughs> <laughs> So, we did a psilocybin healing journey in August, September. I think it was September of last year, believe it or not, it was. And we both took three, 3.5 grams of mushrooms and traveled through space and time. And I want to know your side of it. Like, I've kind of told my side of it a little bit, but like, what did something like that really show you or, or what did it do for you in your life?
1: Well, it was kind of trying, or I felt like it was healing some childhood trauma. Yeah. Um, I think it was a good start. I think I need to maybe revisit that myself again with uh, maybe another round of that in, in the future. Um, though as, as a night star, so essentially the, the trauma I'm referring to is, It roots back to, uh, Kent street in Ottawa. There's a, there's a Kent street medical center. Um, every time I go by that building, I shudder because in the basement they had a lab and I had my pediatrician upstairs, Dr. James, uh, way back. And I needed a blood draw when I was a young kid and the nurse poked me probably, I was a big, pretty big child so uh, they had a hard time finding my vein and they poked me my mom says like 20 or 30 times trying to find it Um and I actually recently had that experience where it was like six or seven times where they just kind of oh, sure. miss it half pull it out twist a bit push again pull twist it and it doesn't feel nice but you know as an adult whatever you kind of deal with it but as a kid like that's a traumatic experience uh, and I'll, I've never forgotten that moment Um and so I don't like even right now, conversing about and saying the word blood. So uh, I, I was a lifeguard, though, seeing it, you know, in an emergency situation doesn't bother me in the slightest. But the, the discussion about it or touching my inner elbow or my neck, uh, behind my knee, things like that, I just, I don't like it. Um, so when we were on those, the mushrooms or on the psilocybin, everything kind of, you know, you see a lot of colors, things are kind of wavy and moving. And then I just felt a deep connection to my, to the earth and with my body. And then I kind of just saw uh, the flow of blood in my body. So I would look at my arm and I'd see like white and then red, white and red, white and red. It was like blood rushing from cell to cell kind of under my skin. And it was a really interesting experience for me. Um, and I was just thinking about that experience the whole time and then just coming to accept it. Um, So do you feel
0: like you did accept it?
1: Yeah. I I feel like I did during that, that time. Uh, and then I was looking up the stars and same, and just seeing how kind of everything was connected and I felt connected to everything. And then for honestly, for the next like month after that, like I didn't really bother me as much. And this slowly kind of returned. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's at the same level. Um, you know, since then I've gone for a blood test and I've sat up for my blood test and didn't, you know, almost feel like fainting. Whereas in the past, I, I've always lied down. I just don't want right, to right, chance right. it. So, so I'm getting better with it. Uh, but I, I, felt a significant, uh, acceptance with myself and that aspect of it following that. And, uh, so that, that was interesting. And I, th- I think I really want to revisit that and, and, and see where that goes, but yeah, it was, is a very interesting journey and you know, what we had different journeys there. Yeah. Um, well, it's just, it was, it was all focused on life and death for me. Uh, like I would see the tree and it looked alive and then it looked dead and then it looked alive and then it looked dead. And then there was flames on the ground. There was candles everywhere. And then the flickering of, of the, the, the flame and on one area, it was a really low flame and it just was surrounded by shadows looked like the shadows were killing the flame and on the other side was a bright light on another candle uh, a couple meters away and it was just like a bright light uh fighting the darkness so yeah that was just that was just really really interesting the the light in the dark and then um
0: didn't your arm hair lot
1: Oh yeah. And then the arm hair was moving. Like it looked like it was getting erect and then going down again and then going up and then going down. And it was like gray to, um, it's like a deathly gray to like a vibrant, um, brownish color. Like it was like turning white before my eyes and like gray and old and dying and then being young again. Right. So. What
0: do you think that was showing you?
1: I think it was just showing me that, Everything that's kind of going to happen is going to happen. You're just alive. Enjoy the moment. Every moment matters. Um, but that death is just a part of life. And
0: Did you have a sense of ease while this was happening? Or were you oh, scared?
1: Yes. Oh, I was totally at ease. I was. I really enjoyed that time, actually. Time, time seemed to have moved pretty slowly throughout <laughs> that entire thing. Yeah, it
0: felt like 75 years but, passed. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting. I was just literally in a corner in a chair staring at a fence and, uh, well, fence, uh, you know, the edge of a property and looking up at the the moon and the stars. You
0: had so. like a hedge fence. It was like, yeah. a he- there was trees. Yeah, there was. There yeah. was a bunch of trees.
1: Yeah. It was good.
0: I had the life and death cycles too. And it was really interesting because I also wasn't afraid. I did have the arm hair come up and down, but not... I only had that when I went in the house. I couldn't see outside very much. Like, um, when I went in the house, cause I went pee a bunch of times during my distraction phase, I definitely had the life and death. And then I, th- and I believe what it was telling me was that like, basically I learned how we attach meaning to things. It was our subjective attachments, our bias to what we think and how, like how we think and how we attach meaning to everything. And it's so interesting because for example, the entities in the sky were like, "Let us show you." And I'd be like, "Okay." And they would be like, "Attach meaning to something." And I looked at the shed, that shed that was there. <laughs> you remember me telling you about that? Yeah. And
1: you cheated on me with a shed.
0: I I decided to fall in love with the shed. So I attached like my heart to the shed and it was like, it loved me. And I felt love from the shed. And I felt like I loved it in return. And then it died. So then it went dead. Like it looked like a gray, dead, old shed. Like that was the hallucination. And then it came back to life and loved me again. And then it died. And it did that a hundred times. Yeah.
1: Like Yeah, well, it was super quick.
0: It's just alive, like live dead.
1: live dead. Alive dead. Alive, yeah. dead.
0: And like... And then it, and then eventually after the hundredth time you start to, I thought it was funny. I ended up laughing for like four hours, the, almost the entire time. I just thought it was so funny how I was attaching meaning to things in this world. And it's just, we are one with it. It is one with us. We are one. And yeah, so I got from the life and death, I got, um, a lot of freedom, I got a sense that I was afraid to die and I don't, I, I'm not afraid to die anymore. I'm, I'm really not. And that sort of, that changed a lot for me. It changed a lot because you don't realize how much the fear of death controls your decisions, your day-to-day decisions. Now, am I going to take massive risk and like do something stupid? No. But like, I realize now that as you said, That life is, death is part of life. Life is part of death. And it's such an interesting, would you recommend psilocybin?
1: Oh, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) But in the right circumstances, I don't recommend just doing a large dose without preparing for it. Like we prepared for that.
0: And we had a guide and it was like, without it, I would have been in big trouble because I had a a freak out moment where I didn't want to do it anymore.
1: Yeah. So uh, what we realized there is, we would never do a big dose, just the two of us. No, because I could not handle you
0: <laughs> Never
1: when I was on it. Yeah. Like, so it was very good for us to have a guide who was able to help you through it.
0: Yes. And then, cause you didn't need help.
1: No, I was fine.
0: If you needed help, I don't know what I would have done. Cause I needed so much help, but then it was over. Like I only yeah. needed help for probably, it felt like hours, but Ter- Tara said it was like half an hour. Yeah. Because I was fighting it for about half an hour, which feels like ten hours. Yeah, when you're on it. it, feels like time is
1: yeah, it's so slow.
0: So slow. Now, did the medicine show you what you wanted to like, what you thought it would? Was the experience what you thought
1: it was going to be? Uh, I did not really know what to expect, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think it. I think it showed me, like, I, cause cause the intent we set up our intentions before and the intention was kind of working on ourselves. And my intention was to work on that specific issue. Okay. So I think in that respect, yes, it showed the way it showed me everything. I, I didn't know what to expect. That was, unknown. was it kind
0: of surprising in some yeah, ways? It
1: was a little, a little interesting, the <laughs> whole, so like looking at my arm and essentially hallucinating and seeing the light and dark. Um, that That was a very interesting way. And it was like, spy oh i also saw aztec heads so i oh, forgot yeah. about that yeah like all my arms is like zooming in and out and turning in circles and it was very interesting
0: did you go through space and time like did you go through um, the well
1: i guess the aztec heads would have been going back yeah. in the past right um did i go into the future i don't really think i went into the future too much just yeah. kind of as far as my own death type thing um
0: when you looked up at the sky what did you see
1: Oh, I'm trying to remember now. Did
0: you see stars or did you see a grid? I saw this crazy grid. It was uh, so nice.
1: I saw, I just saw a lot of stars and they all seemed connected to everything. Um, and like the trees connected to the trees. And I saw the trees living and dying, and living and dying as well.
0: Did, what did you see with me? Did you look at me?
1: No. <laughs> no. Our, my back was to you. I yeah. heard you guys every once in a while, but yeah. Uh, no, I was just focused on my own experience. I, I knew you had her. Mm -hmm. our guide yeah because i I made her close i made her stay close exactly so i I was just i'm gonna do my own thing
0: were you on the edge of glory were you on the edge like it's hard because it's people think it's like woo like nine perfect stranger style like but when you're in it it's like it, it was like intense
1: oh yeah at some point you're like i want this to end um but at other points like this is amazing <laughs> yeah, exactly so bizarre.
0: so uh
1: yeah yeah it was it was an interesting experience but overall i i would highly recommend it to people especially people who have trauma they want to heal from mm-hmm. um i to to be honest i have done them before uh not many times just on a few occasions and just with friends without intention setting it's a very different aspect you're not you didn't
0: take that much though Or did you, you did did?
1: about that much? Yeah. I had done about that much before. So I knew what to expect. Um, though I'd never set my intention to work on anything. It was more just about having a good time with some friends and relaxing. But even in those cases, I'd done it with people who'd done them before who knew, you know, do it in nature, uh, where you have a, a view of the stars. Yeah. Um, and, and just,
0: and someone to remind you that you're safe exactly. because you, you, yeah. you start to go like, yeah, you start what's to go in some places. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so, so I kind of knew what to expect in that sense, but I highly recommend the version with the intention setting and someone there who's not on anything yeah who can help you guide, who knows what they're doing. Um, cause that was a very different experience.
0: I loved it. I thought it brought us so close. It brought us way closer. And I wasn't sure because afterwards we were acting so weird. You were acting so weird
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that night after we like came down and like, well,
1: it's obviously there's half a like pita bread left on the counter because you made your, your guide go and get you food. I know. And just, I went in to go to the washroom and I just see all this food lying out. (laughs) (laughs) Like what happened here?
0: I know. Well, there were we, there was some drama. I was being dramatic and I needed to go through that to realize that I try to control everything in my life yeah. all the time. I had to r- surrender and and like literally surrender to the medicine. And then it showed me all of these amazing things and like I I've said this before like there's Elisa before psilocybin and then there's Elisa after and I think it really brought us closer and also puts so much into perspective and almost helped us with our independence and our coming together. Like we saw each other, or at least I saw you, I won't speak for you, but as your own thing, but Mm -hmm. that we are connected.
1: Yes. Oh yeah.
0: And it's just this, it made us better friends, roommates, people. I healed a lot of trauma for myself, I had a massive healing, like a massive, and some people, like I've heard, it's different for everyone all the time. It depends on what the medicine shows you, right? Like, and what. Of course. And my intention was, show me what I need to see to heal. Yeah. I just kept saying those types of things. And it was like, bizarre. <laughs> bizarre.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs>
0: well, honey, I'm glad we got the psilocybin story in.
1: Yeah. That was a good one. Good, good memory there.
0: Good memory. Yeah. What else should we tell the listeners? Is there anything else?
1: The foot rubs that you make me do.
0: <laughs> I'm a lucky girl. <laughs> uh,
1: a little unfair, but you know that. I guess that's probably a big stress in our life right now. Yeah. You know, one. Of the, the biggest, biggest stress is whose
0: whose turn is it? Yeah,
1: because <laughs> currently I think I'm at like eight to one. So I I. <laughs> And every time we bring it up, you get all quiet and defensive oh, no. and like, but I need it. But they um, need it. Yeah, I need some love and do. Okay. I need my foot wrap from time to time. Oh, so okay. Well maybe
0: I'll do you tonight yeah. if you're lucky. No, you won't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't believe it for a second.
0: Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Mike. It's it's nice. Yeah. A, that wasn't yeah, so it was bad
1: That was fun yeah. you know
0: it's yeah. good and and a lot of people are going to appreciate your perspective because you are definitely a rock you're like one of the coolest calmest bear your energy is so loving you walk into a room and people just immediately like you i don't actually know a single person like anyone that was on my side meeting you that didn't think you were this warm fuzzy hug
1: yeah interesting okay Good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. I think I come across a lot of times like that so I don't generally feel like people dislike me so. yeah
0: because you're not a threat you don't you're not trying to be right all the time you're not you listen to people you hold space for yourself yeah. you you have confidence yeah all the things and it's just like such a blessing that you and you are in my life you are like the gift you are as the psilocybin showed me and I've said this before <laughs> on the show you are the tree. Yes. When I looked at you, you were a tree and I was the bird and I was f- flying like a crazy asshole all around and I could <laughs> sit on you to rest. Yeah. And I think that that sort of symbolizes our relationship in real life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> and I think that nails it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And with that, thanks a lot.
1: No and, Until next time. Thank you
0: okay I'm over here giving you a big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the elisa unfiltered podcast if you haven't done so yet I'd love for you to share the love and head over to apple Podcasts, google player spotify and give this show a five star rating I'll give you bonus points for leaving a written review and if you're looking for more head over to elisa for show notes and all the links to all things elisa unfiltered have the best day everyone until next time